this body has been done and felt so much that the story it's journey through has found its meeting with the soul. Do we hide it? Do we heal it? Is it true? Does it define us? The eyes we hold has witnessed what was felt, transforming the mind and moving it back and forth between what's true, what's false, what's real and what's not. The inner workings, wonderings and wanderings that we want to follow, finding that courage deep within to let go of what we've known and transmute what we've been holding. It's time to let go. It's time to heal our bodies. It's time to hear, listen and feel the voices of our body. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Voices of the Body, the podcast. My name is Love Ashley Elaine, and I am here to be your guide as we journey through this big, beautiful thing called life, our healing, our pain, our pleasures, all of the beautiful things about this beautiful life, transmuting our pain into purpose. Listen, this episode, I'm sitting down with She's such a beautiful person, and I can't wait to hug her in person. Miss Alicia Anderson, if you recall, last October, she was my very first interview for the podcast. Um, But also, she came and shared her story with us um, about her stillbirth, her, her beautiful baby angel, DJ. She is back to just talk about support and grief and like we're really going to have a conversation about support groups um, with RTZ Hope where she facilitated my support group um, that was meant for just BIPOC people um, in this lost community. So prepare your mind, body and soul as we get into this episode. So find a comfortable seated posture. You may be sitting on the floor, really grounding down through the tailbone or even laying down, keeping the spine nice and long and flat onto whatever surface you're sitting on, preferably something still and um, even. And take a nice big inhale and exhale. Feeling the shoulders come down away from the ears. 
feeling any heaviness release in the body taking another nice big inhale and exhale one more nice big inhale and as you exhale option here is to bring the gaze down the nose or close the eyes completely if you have not moved into this space And just allow the words to take part, to penetrate your heart, your mind, your body, your soul. We thank you for your protection and wisdom, for your divine orchestration, for your plans and provision, for the way you heal us and connect us, for you, for your consistency of love, grace, and mercy for the forgiveness you give so freely and teach us to give to ourselves and others, for the love that is everlasting and ever-present surrounding us like an endless ocean. You are within us, around us, and always in manifested and omnipresent form, reminding us that we are never alone. We thank you for community, a curated space that you align, for healing connection and forward movement, Being present in this space, awakening what we each need individually, we ask for clean hearts, exposure of hidden agendas that are sent to harm us and distract us, clarity of our truth and next steps, and the invitation of the divine connections you know we need to carry with us through and after this space. Let our hearts be open to receive and transformation take place in our minds and souls. These things that we ask of you, amen, ashe, it is so. So allow yourself to just stay here in this space, in this moment, really connecting with your breath, connecting with the words, keeping the eyes closed, drawing whatever whatever needs to come near to come near to hold you to touch you to whisper what it needs to whisper to you to give you what it is that you are needing in this space clarity lack of disruption and distraction shifting of the mind thoughts that are haunting you or not letting go. When you're ready, you can take your three rounds of breath and even pause this recording here and allow yourself to stay still a little longer. Invite a little bit more of what needs to be invited journal what needs to be released and we will be right back
Listen, listen, listen. I'm excited to finally say out loud. After five years of sitting on this title, after five years of just trying to understand what God was doing when he dropped this in me in the middle of a therapy session, Married to Trauma, the book and the workbook is finally out. Yes, Amazon said, girl, we not waiting. We know you've been waiting, but we're not. So you can order uh, on Amazon the print copy of Married to Trauma, the book, which is my story, my journey. It gets a little saucy. It gets a little saucy. I don't use no names. So y'all can go ahead and it's not a telenovela. It's 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 my story, right? It's a book full of free verse poems. I just got creative with it, right? You'll enjoy it. It's powerful. It's impactful. Sometimes I read back at some of them. I'm like, my God, girl. Yes. And then Married to Trauma, the print copy of the workbook. The workbook is for all of you, right? I love a good workbook. If you remember Release and Rise, the behavioral health workbook, thank you all that supported that part of my journey also. The Married to Trauma workbook is so much more in depth. It's a compilation of, you'll see when you get the book, but it breaks down the book, but in a way for you to look at your own marriage, right? What are you married to? What patterns and behaviors have not shifted because you haven't even realized that they're there, right? So go to amazon.com because I know all of y'all got Amazon. You probably got Amazon Prime too. And this is not a plug for Amazon, but my book is on Amazon. Go to amazon.com, type in married to trauma, and you will see the book pop up and the workbook. It is available now. The Kindle edition will not be available until uh, October 4th, 2023, but it is on pre-order as well as if you go to barnesandnobles.com, married to trauma, the print copy and the the workbook print copy is on pre-order and will be shipped out October 4th, 2023. I'm so excited for this. It's, it's my story, y'all. It's my story. It's my story in the funnest way. Are you ready to meet the true you? And welcome back to Voices of the Body. So this month, as you know, it is um, DV Awareness Month as well as Miscarriage and Pregnancy Loss Awareness Month. And I have back with me Miss Alicia Anderson. If you recall, she was with us last um, last October. She's actually my first interview, which is fun to say out loud. <laughs> Um, where she shared her her story, um, her pregnancy loss story with her beautiful angel DJ. Um, and she is back to share with us just the work that RTZ Hope is doing. RTZ Hope is where I did my miscarriage support group um, and actually met Alicia. She was one of our guides. So Alicia, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here again. And hello to all your listeners. Thank you. First of all, thank you for the like the work that you keep doing surrounding pregnancy loss and miscarriage awareness. Um I like again, and I'm I'm pretty sure I said it before, like until I had mine, I had no clue what was what. Like I knew about it just through like friends and 
you know, like you hear it, but you don't know it until you know it. So just to see like your social media and the work that you do and just even how your family is starting to really incorporate DJ into the family, right? And making him still alive. Like, I think that is so beautiful. So thank you for the work that you're doing to help support all of us in, in this, in this journey. Uh, it is my honor. I, I get such, um, I'm very humbled to do this work. Um, I'm very honored to hold space for so many parents and babies and, the stories are always, they, they're bittersweet because I hate to hear that parents are down this road. I'm like, I'm meeting you at such a rough time, but the people that I meet are, have the kindest, sweetest hearts. Um, and they just want their baby's names to be remembered and honored. So this is such, um, gratifying work to be able to support parents like that. Yeah. Thank you for that. So with RTZ Hope, um, what are like how did RTZ Hope even get started right and then what are the support groups that they do offer yeah so um it was started by Kylie Hanish who is the founder of RTZ she lost her son Norbert um at I, I want to say like 36 or 37 weeks back in 2005 so this is way before there was a presence online of um, lost parents who were sharing their stories. There was pretty much nothing. Um, I think that's like when Facebook first got started was 2004 or five. Um, and so there was not a lot of traction on in the online space as far as loss. And so she was obviously heartbroken um, about her loss with Norbert. Um, and so um, at the time her and her partner um, wrote the script of a movie that kind of chronicled them loosely their life and their loss and what that looked like between parents and family and supporting um, friends that are around you once this loss occurs. And so it was called Return to Zero Hope. So that's where the name came from. Um, and then Kylie got such great feedback from the movie of just parents like I really needed this this was necessary because I think she the movie came out like maybe like 10 years later you know so it was a while before the movie came out and so in 2018 Kylie officially started RTZ Hope um and she started it as a resource for parents who were experiencing loss and then also to educate providers on how to deal with parents of loss because her experience in the hospital was so horrible um, and she didn't want other parents to have to experience that. So she wanted to tackle it from the parental side and the provider side to make sure that we were collaborating as a team in such a terrible time of our lives when, you know, you're in grief and shock and all the things. So that is how RTZ started. Um, and then, of course, during the pandemic, she wanted to find a way to provide support, even though we couldn't be in person. So they started with, um, they have retreats that they go to, uh, that they put on um, for like a weekend for lost parents that it's like at this really beautiful cabin and out in nature. And they have these um, structured times of the day where they meet in group and just kind of, you know, breath work, all the things that we kind of do in group. Um, but they do it in person. And so because of the pandemic, they wanted to find a way that they can do something virtually to offer support. And that's where the support groups came in. Um, I started as a um, BIPOC facilitator. 
So um, for Black, Indigenous, and people of color, and this was like a specific group that myself and Kima Toze, who was the first person that I worked with as a facilitator, um, kind of cultivated this space. And we saw such richness from having a space specifically dedicated for BIPOC individuals. And so we've continued to grow that group. And then I've also done the couples group um, where I facilitated with another facilitator, Jen. Um, and that was very eye-opening as well because there was the partner involved in the group. And it was very eye-opening to see how two people can have the same experience and experience it very, very differently. And so both of those things have been very enriching for me. Mm, the couples. Yeah. I always wondered um, with couples what that looks like. Um, what 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 is like the biggest takeaway for you that you saw within like the couples? Uh, it was just the fact that typically the birthing partner does not... No, they're always like in this, I got to survive mode for my, my partner. And so a lot of times they don't often get to grieve upfront because they're always like, I want to make sure that she's okay. And, you know, just like trying to make sure that they are comforting, but it often feels like they have to neglect their own grief in order to comfort their, their partner. And so that's really tough to hear because they're still appearing as well. And they're, you know, they have that grief. And so for them to actually say that out loud, yeah. um, it's very freeing. And for them to hear other like supportive partners that have also been through the same thing. And they're like, okay, this is not just me. Like as a father, I wasn't able to grieve because I was trying to make sure my wife was okay. You know, those type of things. And even as um, I wrote a book still here, a memoir of love, loss, and triumph after stillbirth. And I had my husband actually write a chapter. And that was the first time that I noticed like, oh my God, like I could see that we were grieving different, but just to read his chapter was like, whoa, um, because I didn't know a lot of the things and he kept them from me because he was like, I didn't want you to, I, I didn't want to add to your pain. So he wow. kept a lot of things inside just yeah. to protect Wow. It's the grief is just it like it it's it's proof again that grief moves through people differently, no matter like how relative we are, right? Like even living yeah. in the same household, it's yes. like we're still gonna grieve different. We're still gonna experience this experience completely different from one another. Um oh my God. yeah, wow, that's 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 uh interesting very eye-opening um yeah so when you when you meet with like the groups that you do now what are some conversations that you guys like hear around grief and ritual like what has been like a like a thread around that or like the conversation or curiosities I think the biggest thing that I, I've learned, especially in the BIPOC group, is that we don't often give ourselves time to grieve. <laughs> We're so used to like, okay, society tells me I have to be a workhorse. I got to be strong. You know, I got to be superwoman, black girl magic, all the things, you know, where it's like this really strong, like whatever the strongest thing you could think of. It's like, that's the box that we put ourselves in. Mm -hmm. So we don't give ourselves space, the energy, the time to actually grieve. And like, I've seen so many parents who are just like, okay, I thought 
you know, I had to wrap it up by a certain amount of time because, you know, I have other kids or I have to work or, you know, like I just don't have the space for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I love that we can give them this hour and a half where we can literally just talk about what they're feeling, emotions, grief, like the things that people typically do not want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Those are the type of things that we break into. And I'm like, the fact that it's with people of color makes you take off the mask a lot quicker because you don't have to like feel like, okay, I'm the token. So I don't know what I can disclose because I don't want to be judged. It's very much like, we're like, bear your soul. This is the space to do that because you you often don't get that type of opportunity. Yeah, that's so important because when I was looking for support groups, the first one I was in, like we were in introductions online and before they even got to me, I clicked off. I was like, this don't feel, this doesn't feel, I'm the only, I can't right. because I again, feel like, about this. <laughs> yeah, like because my story is attached to so many different things and it's like all I'm thinking about in my head is they're going to judge me on this. They're going to judge me on that. They're going to judge me on that. And then it's like, oh, well, here's the black girl with her typical black girl story. And, yeah. you know, I'm thinking about all these other things that don't even make sense. Right. That are not even true. Yeah. And I, I, I just, <laughs> I didn't say bye. I didn't say, I didn't say like, nope. <laughs> nope. I was just like, no, like I had to make a decision quick. And I was like, yeah, we're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna stop. We're just yes. gonna, yeah, no. And then I, I think I had found RTZ Hope again, because like I was, I worked in early childhood and in children and family care, like system. So I wanted to just like have a resource, right? To be able to give to families. It was like, oh, miscarriage, support, pregnancy loss. I probably know some families. I know I have friends. Here's a resource that I could just kind of like hold on to. And then right. something came in my email after I had clicked off of that, <laughs> clicked <laughs> that other support group. And I saw it was like, they, that you guys were doing virtual support groups and then specifically the BIPOC one. I was like, well, thank you, God. <laughs> thank you. And it's not like, and, I, and and it's not to say that any other support group would would not work, right? I think right. like, and I'm, I'm not a person where it's like, oh, I only support you know, BIPOC. I only support yes, this. Yes. I'm not doing it right because I have friends that are black, white, brown, yellow, purple, yes. blue hair. You know, all over the <laughs> the rainbow. But it's I think because of what you just said about the 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 way that black and brown people are even raised to grieve, right, and talk mm -hmm. about pain and talk about grief and talk about loss right I needed a space that was going to allow me to just do that yes like yes. I'm very aware of being black in America right right but I just wanted to grieve that I had a miscarriage I didn't care about right. it <laughs> like I don't I really don't want to address all these extra layers that I typically have to do anyway right um, so Let yeah, it, I, I do love that. Yeah, I love the fact that we're able to like really get down to grief mm -hmm. because as a Western society, I think that's a big part to play as well. We do not tackle grief well at all. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and there was, there was a group, um, that there were, um, some women of different cultures in the group and they shared their cultural experience of how they grieve. And that day was so eye opening, especially, Mm -hmm. um, for those of us that were black women, because we're like, we, we come from, you know, our ancestors who were descendants of the enslaved people. And we don't even know where we come from. So we could have had these practices, but we don't know. So that was a really emotional day in that group because it was like hearing s- such rich rituals that others do and that they like had year long processes of how they grieve and how their community supports them in grief. But when they go out into the world here in America, they're like, you know, oh, oh, it's just the like one of the rituals um from one of the indigenous women that was in her group. She talked about how they cut their hair when they're grieving the loss of someone. And of course, she goes out to work and they're like, oh, you got a new haircut, girl, cute, you know. And she's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. So it's just things like that where you're like, you you hear these beautiful rituals that others do, and and it's like, wow, maybe there's something that I can be doing more of that you know, America doesn't really teach us or just Western society in general. Wow. So since I've been here in Cambodia, um, every time somebody passes away, like when they have, when they're, when a family is having, um, I don't want to call it a funeral, but part of what mm-hmm. their ritual is, you hear prayer on the loudspeaker throughout the mm-hmm. whole entire city. Wow. Wherever you are. This is I've this is the second location in Cambodia that I've been in. So even in the first one in Kampuchen Providence, same thing. Like wow. like I'm sitting out in the yoga shala and like you can you and you can hear that like I you've you can attune now to okay, somebody just got married and what the celebration is, right? But when somebody has passed away like it's either three days five days or ten days the family gets to choose depending on what their financial space is right and you hear it on the like you hear one of the monks or you know they're they're doing prayer on the loudspeaker and you can hear it throughout the whole entire town i got goosebumps every time yeah but it's like and i think being here has made me like really realize that man like we don't give space to grief right we make it so taboo and it's like the only the only way you're allowed to grieve is if somebody like physically passes away right like like you've been an adult for at least like years like you've been in full human form for years and now you've passed away that's the only time we're able to like acknowledge grief right but it's like we still like oh girl you like you need to get back to work like you need to be doing and it's just like I don't really want to do anything (laughs) yeah like I'm really like and if you think about it like if you think about like let's say a grandparent or a parent or a spouse even you know people give you space but because it's a baby or they especially if it's not like infant loss where the baby was physically born like if you have a miscarriage or even a stillbirth because with my stillbirth nobody was in the room but my husband and I so nobody saw my son besides us showing them pictures so it doesn't feel like it's a real person 
And so people are like, well, why are you grieving like a baby? You didn't even know them. They didn't even have a personality. And it's like, they lived in my body, like, or they were a part of me when I peed on that pregnancy stick. That, that's when I became a parent. Right. Um, so it's like, it, it just, it, it sounds so crazy. Like if, if somebody approached you after you lost a parent and they're like, don't, don't cry. Like you'd be like, what? That doesn't even make sense. So the logic goes out the window when we talk about baby loss. It's just, yeah, and there's not a lot of space. No, there's no space. And then shame comes up and it's like, yes. should I be like feeling this way? Like sometimes yeah. with me, like it still gets iffy because it's like, well, girl, you were only like six and a half, seven weeks. Like why? But then it's like, but no, I know what I felt. I had cravings. Yes. I like yes. I know what I know what I know that I know that I know exactly yeah <laughs> like so take that away from anybody that experience like you know how hard it is like just to even get to the fact that you are pregnant and then whatever the emotions that come after you know you find out that you are and then it's like it's gone and so you're really mourning all of the possibilities of the hope and the future and all the things that you thought you would be able to do, you know, once that baby arrives. So yeah. it's not just the baby. It's just like the, their future, their oh. whole entire life is gone. The know? names, the, 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 the cult, like quote, like just everything, anything you can imagine. It goes very deep. Like I never will get to walk my son, you know, dance with my son at his wedding. Like, you know, it's, it's lifelong. So when you're grieving six, seven, 10, 20 years out, that's why, you know, it's, yeah. it doesn't just stop at, you know, where they died. Yeah. So with the support groups, what is, is it, um, I know the answer to this guy, but I <laughs> you guys <laughs> behind the curtain, right? <laughs> is it structured? Is it like drop in? Tell us about the, the layout of the support groups. Yeah, so intentionally, the the support groups are closed. So we do six-week intervals, um, and we have the same people attend every week, and that is purposeful. Um, we found that it helps to strengthen, like, connection and community, and especially because we're being so vulnerable in group, we want to create, we call it a brave space. And so we want to be able to allow our participants to get vulnerable, to disclose some things that maybe they would not feel comfortable just sharing with some random stranger, even though we come in as strangers, but oftentimes we're like bearing our souls. And so we want that space to be very controlled. And we have we do a lot of work as facilitators to make sure that we're creating a space where everybody feels welcome. Um, we do a lot of revising of our modules and things that we use as the educational piece to make sure that it's really serving the people that are in the group. So it's everything that we do is very intentional and closing the group is one of those things. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Cause it's weird to have somebody just kind of be like, Hey, I've missed the last two weeks. What are we, are we catching up? What's, you know, it's right. Who are you, you know, yeah. like first time, like though. And I think there, there is space for drop-in the drop-in method as well. Like if you just need somewhere to get out your story, but I do like having that control piece because like I said, you are able to build connection. Um, and a lot of times we tell the participants like, this is your group. So it is what you make it. Um, and I know some groups more than others have found like deep connection where they still connect with one another today and like 
remember each other's babies' birthdays and things. So that you can actually build community within the group. Um, but it's really how you show up as well as a participant. Yeah, yeah. I think I love that. Anywhere, like with any group, right? It's how much you how much you get out of it is how much you're willing to put into it. Um what is so it's you said six weeks, are they like each week is like a different topic or how does that look? Yes. So again, we have a group of facilitators and all of us are volunteers. We are peers. Um, so we we like to say we are not here to be your therapist, <laughs> um, but we are actually peers who have experienced some type of loss in some form. Um, and we run the group. So we have a lead facilitator who is Betsy um, and Betsy kind of goes over all of the educational pieces with us before we become facilitators. We have trainings um, and we do different topics. So some of them are navigating grief and we call it traumatic grief because a lot of us don't put baby loss in that category, but this is a trauma. Yeah. So we like to address it like that because we want you to know the weight of why you grieve so heavy is traumatic. You're experiencing trauma. So that's why the grief feels that heavy. Um, we talk about navigating difficult dates. So like when you get to anniversaries, holidays, all those things where these feelings arise, we talk about that. We talk about relationships. That's usually a huge one. Um, navigating how we maneuver through relationships after loss, because obviously you have changed as a person because of your loss. And so the way you interact with people is probably different and trying to navigate that in a way that feels good for you um, as the griever. Um, we also talk about mental health. That's a huge one in the BIPOC space, especially um, because it's just something that we typically don't talk about. And we want you to know that, you know, we don't want you, even though you're grieving, we don't want you to suffer. Right. And so there are differences in those things and just making sure that we know that we we need to take care of self. Self-care is another one that we talk about a lot mm -hmm. um, because especially as you're grieving, freshly grieving and even beyond you have to, you know, just find ways to survive. And so self-care is important in yeah. getting to those steps of healing. So we tackle quite a bit in those six weeks. And usually people are like, six weeks is so long, but then you get to week six and it's like, I need six more. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, those six weeks, they they fly by. They fly by. They flew, they flew by, but they were they were very intentional. And um it 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 wasn't I looked forward to it like I always looked forward to group I always looked forward to like the following week I always looked forward to just like you know being like just being in a like a really held like nicely held space that's what it felt like uh, a yeah. really nice held space that was like curated just for me like that's exactly how it felt and I love that you say that because as a participant, like we really, when I say like we talk about all of these things as mm -hmm. facilitators, we really want to make sure like we leave you guys better than we found you, you know, and we are very intentional, especially in the BIPOC group about like how your experience is in group because we don't want you to leave like feeling more broken than, than when you started. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we wants you to get in there and really be vulnerable because that's when you start to get the breakthrough and a lot of times it's very uncomfortable to have to get to those dark truths of like you know my family wasn't there for me or like you know when you have to break down those layers of things that are really hard to say and you really don't want to say it but you're like I need to I need to get this out 
So we really try to create a space like that so that you're like, okay, now that I know this about me, now is when I can start to put the pick the pieces up and put them back together. But until I, I really say like, you got to let yourself break, unfortunately, to start to be, rebuild and get to the healing space. But if you don't let yourself fall apart, then it's hard to really get to that healing piece. Yeah, you got to gracefully break. Oh, I got chill. Yes, you do. <laughs> gracefully break. Uh, so you have the, so RTZ Hope has the BIPOC um, support yes. group. You said couple yes. support group. Yes. Um, what are some of the other ones? I know there was another one that you mentioned. Yes. So there's a, there's a new one called Childless Not By Choice that we'll be offering soon. Um, and this is for the birthing parents. So this is for people who have dealt with infertility, who have had multiple losses and are trying to decide what they want to do next. So do I continue trying to have a baby? Do I stop? And what does that look like if I stop? How, how do I find fulfillment in life with or without living children? Um, so that's another a new one. We have a miscarriage one or um, early pregnancy loss. We have a pregnancy after loss, parenting after loss, um, ending a one at parent or ending a one at pregnancy. So that's termination for medical reasons. So those ones are typically really full um, because there's so many people navigating, especially now with all the laws that are changing in the U.S. and state to state. Um, and so that is a really important one that we offer. Of course, the couples. Um, and then there's just like a generic pregnancy and infant loss that just kind of catches everybody, you know, in whatever stage they're in, but there's something for everybody. And so I always say, check out RTZ's website because they have all of those. And besides the support groups, they also have um, resources that you can connect with. Um, they have a YouTube channel that a lot of the seminars and webinars that we typically do are on live. So you can check those out as well. But there's so many resources that RTZ has besides just being in support group. Yeah. And if you have any um, like reservations about the support groups or even being in a support group, right? Because I was, I was a little, my, my therapist was like, so let's find some support groups. I was like, I'm good, girl. <laughs> like, I'm good. I do well with one-on-one. And then I was like, so I found a support group. <laughs> Sounds like I found two actually, uh, one for each cause. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 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 Um, but if you have any reservations around support groups, I know um, I actually was on a panel that RTZ Hope just did a couple weeks ago. I think it was. Yeah. Is that on the YouTube yes, page? That is on YouTube. So please go check that out. In um. They were just the people that are um, over RTZ, Kylie and Betsy, who are the people that kind of run um, RTZ. They were so incredibly proud of you all as participants for being so vulnerable and really sharing your experience, because I think it does help to have like that word of mouth of somebody that's actually been in group because, you know, as facilitators, we, we hope to cultivate the space, but it's another thing to hear from people that actually have sat in your shoes that yeah, no, they, they, uh, RTZ Hope, whatever you guys are doing, um, and I know it's the heart of the, of the people leading also, like, yeah, you're just a beautiful person. I can't wait to like hug you. you I know, this, I know. This is getting <laughs> wild, but, um, I think I like it. whatever you guys do to really like 
hold space and really strategically move through all of the things that we're not thinking about when we're yeah. grieving, right? No matter how, what line of work you're in or how long you've been in therapy before this or what you're aware of, like when, when something hits like that, it's like all my, all my senses, all my knowledge, everything goes out the window because I don't even know how to get out the bed. So exactly. Yeah. So I'm grateful that I found um that I found the support group that I was with the group of ladies that I was with, um, because they were even like it was just support all around, right? right? I didn't have to feel like, you know, I was competing to grieve to grieve right. with another person or, you know, that my story was any less um valuable than someone who may have like given birth and then their their child had passed away so thank you guys for holding that space and really being very like aware of how that that space is going to be held like thank you so much for that and i i'm i'm again honored that we actually get to do this and i see so many people you know come through group and it is such a rewarding thing to see when you come in at week one and then to see you leave, even though you're still grieving and even though, you know, this is lifelong work as we call it, but I love to see that you actually have tools, you have language to put to the feelings that you're feeling. And so a lot of people come back and they give us their updates. So like when I saw Ashley started her podcast, I'm like, yes, <laughs> you know, you, you see these people in group and they bear their soul and then you see them out in the real world, you know, and they're doing amazing things and they're expanding their families. I get updates about having, you know, rainbow babies and all those things. So it's just beautiful to see. Um, and I, I, I just love to see like the growth in all of you whatever direction you decide to go it's like we're here to champion you and you know support you in whatever way that we can yeah any last minute words or final thoughts or anything that you want to give I would just say if you're on the fence you know take the leap <laughs> if you have questions like reach out to us we are here to be of support to you because we know like I said this is a lifelong journey it's tough to lose a baby um and you don't have to do it alone so that's why we offer community um and then you know we'll be here to cheer you on whatever decisions you decide after group so we hope to see you soon in our one of our groups of many <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to do it alone. Do support groups are are the new therapy. <laughs> <laughs> couple, couple, use all the resources. Get the therapy, get the whatever, the acupuncture, all the things. Do all the things, you know, but find whatever you can to center yourself, you know, do that because you cannot pour from an empty cup. I know it's very cliche, but it's hard to support other people when you can't even support you. So we highly recommend that you find that support for yourself. Definitely, definitely. Alicia, thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. I am always so humbled to be here. <laughs> so thank you. thank you for all the amazing work that you are doing. Um, again, so honored to just see your growth in so many avenues. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. And we will be right back. I always have so much fun, uh, one, doing interviews and two, like really connecting with um, people. Alicia is so much fun to 
chat with. Um, as you can tell, like we have both come into a really good space with just our journeys. And I'm so grateful to have met her when I did um, and connect with her um, in this space. And I'm excited. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm excited to meet her in person when that day comes and hug her and laugh with her and then like just really get to dive deep. Um, she feels like family. She went to Florida A&M. I have family that went to Florida A&M. I have family now at Florida A&M. Who knows? She might be family and we don't even know it. Um, but um, I think the biggest takeaway, and it's something that um, I'm like working on now in a paper that I'm writing for, a chapter that I'm writing for another book um, is, or finishing up, um, is just grief, right? Like, like really understanding grief and being allowed to move with it, right? And give ourselves space for it. Um, no matter what we're grieving, grieving the loss of a relationship, grieving the loss of a friendship, grieving a pregnancy loss, grieving a friend, a parent, um, a, a, a physical death, uh, like um, all of the things, right? Grief is a part of life. Um, so I think when we are able to allow ourselves the space we need to be able to grieve, right? Regardless of what our social class says, regardless of what our jobs need from us, regardless of what has been tradition within our family, right? Or if there is tradition within our family, what is that and how can we allow that to really be what we need it to be for us because um, grief is part of healing what you don't grieve you 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 don't move away from um so that's why i'm very vocal in the things that i share in my healing journey right because sharing it is also allowing me to heal while helping others heal and understand that they're not by themselves in the things that they are you know trying to overcome so yeah, I hope this um, awakens some of you to just how we grieve, just how you grieve, the space you allow your mind, body, and soul to have um, when dealing with traumatic loss, right? Like big T, little t, whatever it is, like dealing with traumatic loss um, because it affects our thinking, it affects our soul, it affects our physical body, it affects our emotions, it affects our relationships, it, it affects how we move forward, it affects if we move forward, right? It affects all of us in different ways. Um, and we have to be able to give ourselves the gift of grieving. So uh, I hope this blessed y'all. I hope it helped y'all. Remember to pass on these episodes. Um, if anybody comes to mind that could use, you know, anything that we've talked about, the resources, all of that. Um, yeah, like I, I, I like to give you guys resources. Let's get straight to the knit and grit of what's needed to help everyone else kind of move forward. Um, so yeah, I love you all for free. Until next time.
Thank <laughs> you.